What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. Want to go over Week 9 waiver wire pickups today. Uh, last night's game was interesting. Jalen Samuels uh, becomes a lot more interesting on the waiver wire this week. I think he practiced in full last week, uh, but James Conner did suffer uh, a shoulder injury. Uh, it's an AC joint sprain. No word on how severe it is. Like he's, It's actually possible that uh, James Conner plays this week, you know, it's probably similar to what Josh Jacobs was going through, and he seemed fine the week after. I think it's possible that it's just a pain tolerance thing, uh, but I, I, I think we'll get more detail as the week goes on. But still, if you have James Conner, that's someone you want to pick up. But anyway, uh, that was last night's game. Um, it was interesting. You know, that, that game started with the Dolphins kind of kind of commanding, uh, you know, taking the lead and, and playing okay on defense. Uh, and then it just seemed like, you know what, the, the the organization was just like, you know what, I'm not sure if we want to win here. Maybe we should just, uh, you know, take it down a notch. It's cool that uh, we were up in that first quarter, but let's just calm down and uh, get that first overall pick in next year's draft. Uh, but let, let's go over the running back ads for this week. Um, not in any particular order, uh, but uh, you know what, let me actually kind of go over the guys that I'm more interested in. Raheem Mostert, you know, Matt Breida, he does have an ankle injury. If he misses on Thursday, Mostert will be the 1B in the 49ers backfield. You know, we know that almost any running back can be plugged into Kyle Shanahan's scheme. You know, we know that Mostert has shown some juice this year. Last year, he got some opportunity in this offense. Uh, So I think he becomes a high inflex option against the Cardinals if Breida misses. We know he has upside as well. Um, he has big playability. Um, he was listed as a limited participant on Monday's you know, simulated practice report. They actually didn't practice, but they still have to list it. Uh, but he was the running back who closed out the game on the last drive against Carolina on Sunday. So I think he'll be just fine to play. Um, I, like I mentioned, Jalen Samuels, you know, he's somebody that you want to look at. Um, you know, Benny Snell had a knee injury himself. Um, no extent known there like as far as how serious that is uh but you know i think samuels should be able to go in week nine um and if connor plays maybe he gets some extended run either way um and if Connor's not able to go samuels is uh you know an rb1 start even you know this team is going completely run heavy right now uh you know with with, with the injury to their quarterback and um you know they're kind of picking up you know juju smith schuster was able to do some things um, and you know, this offense isn't completely, completely lost, but I mean, maybe they could have done a little bit better against that Miami defense at home, but you know, it, at least they're so, showing signs of life, uh, even from the quarterback position. Okay. Kenyon Drake likely to get a good chunk of touches against the four Niners on Thursday without David Johnson and Chase Edmonds, you know, but when you think about it, he only had, had is good, he's only going to have a couple of days to get into the playbook. Um, he'll hardly practice. I can't imagine how effective he'll be, you know, against the 49ers defense. You know, it's still a good offense to get touches out of, you know, out of the backfield on. Like, he's a great pass catcher. You know, Cliff Kingsbury values that in his running backs. He's going to get targets. Um, and, and he's worth a pickup, right, just in case David Johnson's injury is, in fact, more serious than Kingsbury and the Cardinals are leading on. But Kingsbury did call David Johnson's uh, injury a day-to-day one yesterday um so that's interesting <laughs> who knows how many days that is uh but the skill set is there for drake to be successful on this offense 
All he needs is opportunity. And if you know me, I'm a guy who's always been a Kenyon Drake fan just because of his versatility. He's, he actually reminds me of a David Johnson light. Um, but the best move is probably, you know, trade him to whoever has David Johnson, uh, you know, and Chase Edmonds. Like, if one guy has both of those guys, they're struggling this week. Kenyon Drake, you know, trade him there, um, and they'll probably overpay. And, you know, trading them, trading Kenyon Drake to them, you'll probably get more value back than if you keep Kenyon Drake yourself. Uh, so now with Kenyon Drake out of town, Mark Walton is, you know, the best running back of pickup of the week, I think, um, as far as long-term upside, right? The versatility he's shown is encouraging, uh, but Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't dump it down to running backs much unless it's like a design screen pass. But, you know, Walton figures to be the primary back on all three downs, like we saw last night. Uh, he's worth an add, even on a bad team. This was a tough, tough matchup yesterday, but Walton should get touches going forward. I can see him getting 15-plus touches on a weekly basis. And yes, they are going to be down, but Miami does run plays pretty quickly. You know, when they're losing, I forgot who tweeted this out today, but when they're losing, they're one of the top teams as far as, like, speed of play. So he's, he's going to be in for a lot of plays. Um, and there's a good chance that he gets, you know, targets out of the backfield. Uh, Jamal Williams, he's not getting a ton of touches, but, you know, he's splitting snaps. Um, he's scoring at a highly efficient rate. And, you know, yes, he's not getting the touches that we want, but at this point, you know, you can't be mad at it. You know, you kind of got to take a shot. If you're desperate at running back, why not go with a little bit of upside, right? Um, he's on an offense that favors running backs. He's even starting to get some inside the five looks, which he wasn't getting, uh, you know, before Aaron Jones didn't catch that long pass a few weeks ago and then he fumbled. That's the point where Jamal Williams got some, you know, got those inside the five looks. I, I'm really curious to know if, like, if Aaron Jones didn't have that game a few weeks ago, and if you're not sure what I'm talking about, I forgot who they were playing, uh, but it was a few weeks ago. Aaron Jones dropped a uh, you know a, a end zone target. He was wide open. He just dropped it. That would have been a touchdown. Um, and then like on the next drive or the drive, drive after that, he fumbled, um, and it was a pretty bad one too. So um, that's that's what I'm referring to. But you know it's interesting. Like one little. Uh, mistake and turn into you know a, a different scenario like going forward for Jamal Williams, um, uh, Kareem Hunt. He's a guy that's interesting. Uh, he's likely going to play in Week Ten, so if he's available, he's worth a stash at this point. Um, I was opposed to drafting Hunt because you had to hold him this long, um, but if he's available in your league, he's a free. You know, he's on waivers. I think at this point, he's definitely worth a stash. Um, there's a lot of ways this backfield can shape out, right? Um, it could be all Chubb with a splash of Hunt, mostly Chubb with a good amount of Hunt, 50-50 uh, split, right? That's Hunt's upside. And with Hunt's ability, I think, you know, would you be surprised if it was a 50-50 split? You know, as talented as Chubb is, Hunt is talented as well. So, you know, I think this offense is looking for dynamic playmakers, and would it not make this offense more dynamic if Hunt were to touch the ball 10 times? Probably, and he might just be the spark that the Browns need on offense. I mean, imagine a one-two punch with Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt. It just makes sense from a football point of view, but obviously if you have Nick Chubb, you're hoping that doesn't happen. Dal Henderson, you know, Todd Gurley's usage this past week was interesting. Only played on 54% of snaps, only touched the ball 10 times, uh, and Henderson out-touched him 13-10. He out-carried Gurley 9-4 in the second half. Um, and Henderson, you know, in the beginning of the year, he didn't really have a feel for the offense, didn't really have a feel for the running scheme. It, it was different. 
you know, he had to kind of adapt um, his style uh, to this offense. And he looked a lot better uh, in this past game than he did earlier in the year. Um, yes, he was going up against the Bengals, but, you know, you do have to choose your holes correctly um, and all that. And, and it seemed like he's getting better at that. So after Gurley scored his touchdown early in the third quarter, it was pretty much all Henderson after that. Um, so with the Rams on bye this week, you know, I'm still trying to pick up uh, Henderson. Um, you know, Gurley will have a couple of weeks to rest his knee um, if, if that really was the issue. Um, but, you know, just want to point out that I didn't watch, like, the full game, like, you know, meaning um, all the stuff that was happening on the sideline because I watched this game yesterday morning, Monday morning, but I watched, the, you know, the 45-minute condensed version where they play, where they just show play after play after play. And I did see on Roto World the blurb on Daryl Henderson said that uh, that Gurley was getting treatment on his knee uh, on the sideline, you know, after that touchdown. Uh, so which is interesting to me, but I didn't see it anywhere else. So if if you if you see that somewhere, uh, just DM me on Instagram at Upperhand Fantasy or or just put a comment and let me know that you that you found something else. I couldn't find a reference to it anywhere else. Uh, I might just have to go back into that game and kind of search for it after that touchdown. But uh, either way, and, and that's really why I'm kind of interested in Henderson. Um, you know, you just it's one of those situations where, like, you just never know if and when Gurley's knee starts acting up, and they need someone else to assume the one A role. Um, and I think you know, obviously, you can't forget about Malcolm Brown, but if Henderson can be productive. I think he has a better chance at being the primary back if Gurley isn't right. I think we just have to pay, you know, continue to pay attention to any potential knee issue with Gurley going forward. Okay, Darius Geis. Um, you know, we know the Redskins want to run the ball anytime they get the chance to. You know, after that head coaching change. Now, there's no word on whether Bill Callahan views Darius Geis as someone who's far ahead of Adrian Peterson like Jay Gruden did, but if he does. Uh, he has a couple of good matchups when he returns against the Jets and the Lions where he can potentially get volume, but I'm not too excited about picking him up this week. You know, there isn't enough upside with Geis. You know, he's coming off his injury. Who knows if they're going to give him the full load right away. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know if I want to hold him for a couple of weeks uh, before those matchups. Uh, can't ignore the, can't, you probably can't ignore the Lions backfield, but, you know, this backfield is a shit show. You know, I think... What we can't ignore is the fact that Trey Carson did start the game for them, saw the most touches, uh, and he probably has the best shot at winning out, maybe goal line looks, that sort of thing. It does remain to be seen, though. Um, I think he's worth adding in deep leagues, but that's about it. All right, moving on to wide receivers. Devontae Parker, uh, he's going to be in... You know, I'm going to be talking about him every single week, right? Because people will hesitate to roster him. Uh, Even though last night, Parker led the Dolphins. He caught 6 of 8 for 59 yards. He didn't score... But the, the three previous games, he did. He had three touchdowns in those three games. Um, he's averaging nine targets over the last two games where, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick actually started. So he seems like he's Fitzpatrick's favorite favorite target. Um, so, you know, going forward, I think he has a 10-point floor in PPR leagues with upside. Um, and against the Jets this week, he has the upside. So, um, you know, if you're looking for a wide receiver to start, he's not a bad option. Kenny Stills. Uh, he didn't have the game we were hoping for against Oakland, but he's still a great add if he's available. Uh, he is the number two wide receiver for Deshaun Watson, and really that's all you need to know. Without Will Fuller, uh, you know, with Kiki QT currently in the doghouse, um, I think Stills is going to have some big games. Tyrell Williams, 
he was dropped in a bunch of leagues after his injury, you know, through his bye. Uh, but he's back, caught another touchdown. Uh, he he's actually scored a touchdown in all five games that he's played in this year. And if Darius Slade doesn't play this week for the Lions, he doesn't have to worry about a tougher than usual matchup. Um, he'll likely be shadowed either way, but it shouldn't be a matchup that you kind of stay away from. Okay, uh, D.D. Westbrook got banged up. Um, you know, he got I think he re-injured. Um, or re-aggravated the injuries that he, he had coming into the game. I think he was like net, neck and head injuries, and then he also had a hamstring, I think. Um, but Chris Conley is an option this week, um, you know, if, if DD doesn't play. Uh, the Texans have allowed the third most fantasy points to our receivers coming into week eight, so Conley becomes a good streamer, uh, especially after delivering in each of the last two weeks. All right, Danny Amendola, two weeks in a row. I guess we have to take notice. This is actually Amendola's third game uh, with seven-plus receptions. So, you know, he's worth taking a note of in full PPR leagues. In those three games, Amendola's averaging 101 receiving yards. Um, so, you know, that's, that's something of note. It's not like he's getting seven catches for, like, 55 yards. Um, he's actually going over 100 yards in those games. So it, it is a lot more more valuable if he's able to continue to do it. Um, Oakland, you know, who the Lions see this week has given up the second most fantasy points over the previous four weeks coming into week eight. So there's a chance Amendola can continue his streak. Deontay Johnson, uh, caught a touchdown, all three of Mason Rudolph's starts that he actually finished. Um, you know, with teams paying close attention to Juju, even though Juju had a great night last night as well. Uh, Johnson, he's running open. Uh, Rudolph is finding him and they have a great rapport. So, you saw what Deontay was able to do last night, um, and it can continue. Josh Gordon. Um, according to Justina Anderson, uh, Gordon's going to be healthy in a couple of weeks, and once he's healthy, well, she said one to two weeks, and once he's healthy, he's expected to be cut from the Patriots off of IR. Um, now, it's possible that Gordon re-emerges as the number one option on another team, so he t- still holds some upside. Okay, Jamison Crowder, it hasn't worked out for Crowder in two weeks again. You know, the Jets' our upcoming schedule is very hard to ignore, though. You know, as bad as, as bad as the Jets have looked over the past two weeks, the NFL changes so much week to week that it can be a distant memory. Um, you know, do I have to list out the Jets' opponents, you know, until the very end of the fantasy season, fantasy season every single week? I think we all know that at this point, so I think Crowder is still worth an ad. Okay, uh, if you need a tight end, Darren Fells has 12 or more PPR fantasy points in four of his past six games, including a couple of two-touchdown games. Um, So what else do you want from your tight end? I think uh, looking at the numbers, Fells is the tight end eight on the year. Chris Herndon, according to Adam Gase, uh, he's made a lot of progress, and there's a chance he finally makes his debut against the Dolphins. Uh, you know, we saw that Sam Darnold was willing to look Ryan Griffin's way with his two touchdowns this past week. So once Herndon takes over, he has an even better shot at making plays on this offense. Um, it just sucks that it's taken this long for him to get on the field. And I know that it, it, you, you don't want to kind of have fantasy assets on this Jets offense, but I do think we have to look past it because of the matchups. Dallas Goddard averaging more than 10 PPR points per game over the last three weeks. Uh, He's a tight end five over the last two weeks. And just for context, Ertz is the tight end 20. Uh, This isn't to say that Goddard is taking over, but both are involved enough uh, to the point where Goddard's athleticism is allowing him to be featured in the red zone. Buffalo, it was given up the second fewest 
points to tight ends this past week and got it, still had a decent game. Uh, this week they have Chicago, who have actually been a defense opposing tight ends can find success against. Uh, I want to mention O.J. Howard because if he gets traded, it doesn't matter where he lands. I'm picking him up. Uh, he's a talent that can he could legitimately be the number one option on any team that he gets traded to. So um, for whatever reason, they don't want to use him in Tampa Bay, and um, he's worth picking up if he gets traded. And because of that, you know, and also he's hurt right now, right? And if O.J. Howard misses again, I think Cameron Bray will be a decent stream against the Seahawks team. Uh, who's given up the fifth most fantasy points to tight ends. Uh, Brait saw a season-high six targets this past week without Howard active. Okay, so QB streamers, really, really tough week. Uh, honestly, aside from Gardner Minshew, I think you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. Um, you know, he, Minshew himself looked great against the Jets last week. He has another secondary that can be taken, taken advantage of in the Texans at home. Uh, Minshew had nine Rushing attempts two weeks ago, eight rushing attempts last week. Uh, that helps his floor. And the Texans, they're going to be without J.J. Watt. So Minshew, Minshew only had one game this year that you'd really be upset about as a streaming options. Uh, Derek Carr, tough week to stream. Obviously, Detroit has allowed the ninth most points to quarterbacks. So, you know, and when you look at Carr's previous schedule, like up until this point, he's actually had a pretty tough schedule. Um, so, you know, he played well against Houston last week and now has another decent matchup at home. So with Tyrell Williams back, you know, that should help. Matt Moore, uh, you know, he had a great game against the Packers. Andy Reid putting his quarterback in the position to succeed. Um, you know, Moore admitted that he didn't get any first team reps this season. Rightfully so, obviously, when your quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. But Minnesota is actually a middle-of-the-road defense against quarterbacks. They haven't been the same defense that we've seen over the past few years. Uh, Chiefs are at home. I think Matt Moore could be a potential streamer if you're desperate this week. Mitch Trubisky. um, (laughs) We're really scraping the bottom here, right? Um, But this is fantasy, right? And, And it's possible that he still has a good game. As much as Matt Nagy chose to run the ball against the Chargers last week, uh, he might want to do something similar uh, through the air against Philadelphia, despite his quarterback. Uh, the Eagles are really tough to run against, um, so Nagy just might not have much of a choice. The good news is that quarterbacks have had a lot of success against that Eagles secondary. Uh, you would be pretty desperate to start Trubisky, obviously, this week, but you know it might be necessary for you. And then I get to the last option, Sam Darnold. Um, Honestly, you, you might want to start Sam Darnold over a guy like Mitch Trubisky, right? Uh, but Mason Rudolph, you know, he had some bad moments yesterday, but he did make enough plays in the passing game against Miami. Darnold's a better quarterback, um, and he can do the same, you know, especially if Xavier Howard's injury causes him to miss. Not sure if that injury is real or not <laughs> because of all the trade rumors and stuff like that. But looking at all the quarterbacks that went up against Miami, it just seems tough to not have a good game against them. Uh, and as far as defensive streamers, there, there are two defensive streamers that really stand out this week more than any other week, honestly. Um, aside from San Francisco a few weeks ago, and then that became your you know, your, your team for the season. Uh, but Carolina, they're, they're another team that you can keep for the season. Um, and this week, they're an amazing stream. They have one of the best pass rushers in the league. The Titans have given up the most sacks this year. It's a match made in heaven when you talk about a defensive streamer. So, Take advantage of everyone who dropped them because of the buy and the matchup this past week. Um, and like I said, this is a team that you could potentially use every single week. 
The Browns at the Broncos. Uh, with the change from Joe Flacco to Brandon Allen, at quarterback for the Broncos, uh, they might be more prone to turnover. They, they weren't turning over the ball too much with Flacco at the helm. Uh, but Cleveland has one of the best pass rushes in the NFL. Denver has been really bad at protecting the quarterback, giving up 24 sacks this year. So, you know, the reason why I bring up sacks as the metric for defenses is that is how turnovers get caused, right? When there's pressure to the quarterback, they throw interceptions, they fumble, they make bad decisions. Um, and if the team can go up on the other team, then that te- then the losing team usually gets one-dimensional late in that game, and it's all pass rush from there. So that's that's how I look at it, and that's how defenses. You're not really you don't really care as much about you know how many points a team puts up, uh, but because if you're generating sacks and turnovers and potentially touchdowns on your defense, that's really what what, what it comes down to. And that's all I had. Um, appreciate you guys listening. Um, I'm going to uh, put out the the start sit article, which I actually put out. It's it's actually now called the matchup fantasy matchup preview. Uh, where I actually write an article that goes into every single matchup, every running back, every wide receiver that's fantasy relevant, you know, at least in a 12, 10 or 12 teamer. Um, but yeah, I pretty much go through all those guys and and, and sort out um, all the matchups and all that. So it's a little bit different than the, than the format we used to do, where we used to do starts, desperate starts, temporary expectations and sits. But I kind of go through all those things within the article and have a little bit of a blurb about about every player, you know, almost every player, um, for the for the week. So, go, you can check that out. It's probably probably going to be out on Thursday. Uh, but yeah, so hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Um, I'll talk to you guys soon. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying my best. I know I didn't put out the Start Sit podcast last week. Trying my best to get it out uh, later this week if I have some time. Uh, but yeah, I hope you guys uh, ha- have a great rest of the week. Hope you guys get whoever you want on your waivers. Uh, t- whether that clears uh, tomorrow morning or the day after. Uh, take it easy. I'm Faraz, um, and I am at Upper Hand Fantasy on Instagram, so you can check me out there. Hit me up. Take it easy, guys.